0: all right and we're live this is the coast-to-coast combat hour ed carbajal as always with matthew hawkins and here we are late friday on the eve of ufc 249 uh we were playing it safe making sure uh nothing didn't fall apart so we definitely got something to talk about what's up matt how was your week
1: It's been, uh, it's been nice having something to look forward to, uh, been on pins and needles. Uh, not sure exactly how everything was going to unfold. Um, who knew that during a pandemic, uh, apparently the card would hold. We can't get a card to hold when, uh, it's 95 degrees, (laughs) no disease in Vegas. (laughs) uh,
0: All of a sudden,
1: uh, we got a a worldwide pandemic and, uh, uh, the 12 fight card, uh, seems to have held up, uh with only one one fighter missing weight but the fight continuing but other than that you know it's uh it's been a hot week here in uh, southern california and uh
0: Mm, lucky you back to
1: getting (laughs) on uh, a normal life track here in the next couple weeks hopefully
0: yeah yeah i mean uh it's far from normal here on the east coast obviously our numbers with the covid 19 is are bigger and all that bullshit um but uh yeah, I mean what are you going to do it, it is what it is. Uh So obviously leading into uh the fight week um as the sport trickles back to some kind of normalcy there's uh news here and there so we'll talk about that stuff before uh before we get into our main card picks. I know the card is stacked uh, and we could probably do the whole card but uh I mean we'll probably talk about some fights I, I know you had uh, some stuff up that you wanted to talk about from the prelims. I mean the whole card is stacked but uh leading into it obviously um you know, Florida, Florida, <laughs> uh, uh, Florida point, huh? <laughs> dude. Did you know that? Uh, I mean, I don't know how true it was, because but Hellawani put it out there that uh, the uh, pro wrestlers from AEW and um, the UFC fighters are staying in the, in the same hotel. And I thought, that, I thought that the UFC said they were going to have free reign of the hotel on their own. I don't know how true that is though. But I mean, I watched AEW, you know. And that, that was fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't even know AEW a- a- was based out of Florida right now, but um I guess everything Yeah, they is pretty much. They put up. an
0: event on uh at uh some football arena or something and it was pretty crazy. So um yeah, man, uh the uh the week was uh as a, as a sport was waking up, um you know, obviously the news started flowing in. I don't know if you caught it uh, before we get into the fights. I mean, uh the talking about fights in the future um Stephen had uh, responded to uh Daniel Cormier like calling him out for being apprehensive about signing up for the heavyweight title fight um I don't know if you you saw his response to it I wrote about it over at mymmanews.com but he was kind of just like you know like dude I I can't even train right now and I'm you know I'm a first responder like you know why don't you just wait until we get back to normal <laughs> So I was kind of, I kind of agreed with him. I don't know what your take on it was.
1: Well, if he can't train, yes, that's a, uh, that's a bit of an issue. Um, I, I feel like we're seeing MMA fighters training though. Um, I mean, I get that the gyms aren't open, like normal gyms are open, but um, Mm -hmm. I mean, and this is just obviously what I see on Twitter. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that the fighters that are fighting this weekend and during the week and next weekend and the weekend after that are all training, um,
0: and they got to be training like, you know, I know, I know they're not just hitting treadmills and, and you know what I mean? Like, 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 I don't know if you saw that is, interview with Justin Gaethje, uh towards the end of last week where he said he was, I mean, he's, he had Benil Dariush and, and X, Y, and Z. And he was like, and we're all quarantined together. And I'm like, that can't, that's not your normal situation. I highly doubt. So, I mean, you got a camp going and why wouldn't you, if you're going to fight for a title and, and you're, I mean, we got to remember the minds that we're dealing with when it comes to these competitive athletes. I mean, if if a title is on the line, they're both willing to go for it. I mean, whether you want to call it intelligent or not, they're going to do what they got to do, even if they got to make it look like they're training on their own. So, I I agree with you. I think they are training. Yeah, uh, I mean,
1: I I, and I get Miosic is a you know being a a first responder. He has another. Job and another priority, but I feel like, um, I I think it would be fair to say that the UFC is probably how he makes his you know living as far as living the way he lives, probably pays us for his house and everything else. So, when your boss calls and says we're going back to work, um, you know, I I think certain things have got to be met. Now, obviously, if his gym's closed and he can't train, that is that is an issue. Uh, I guess my biggest issue was, I believe he said, uh, his gym doesn't open for like two more weeks. Um, and there's no way that he's fighting in August and I'm just like, you know, are, are we, he, he needs a 16 week camp. I mean, let's, let's, you know, we, we can't fight in August. Seriously. I mean that, you know, that gives you another three months of training, um, after your gym opens. So I guess that's my thing. He's, I mean, one of the knocks on him is he he hasn't been super active um, Mm -hmm. since he's kind of become a a world champion. Um, I don't think people like the, the, it's not ducking of Cormier, but the, you know, kind of sidestepping of him in in a way of, uh, talking about Nganu and Rosencheck and, um, Rosenstruck Rosenstruck and And, (laughs) uh, yeah it's one of those three um (laughs) and uh you know I guess I think that that's where I kind of come off on it um you know he's the heavyweight champion of the world and you know I've stated my stance on the heavyweights and and so you've got to have a fighting heavyweight champion and um, I'm honestly surprised that they didn't make the, the Nganu uh, Rosenstruck uh, fight this weekend an uh, in interim heavyweight title fight. Uh, they, they initially had a, the Amanda Nunes I think was on this card. So they initially had three title fights anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of surprised they didn't make it an interim one um, to maybe kind of force the hand. But then again, that kind of pushes Cormier uh, out of it a little bit, but um, yeah. it also in a sense brings Cormier in if, if Miosic is uh
0: yeah and uh and i think um dana white has been pretty i think dana white has been pretty pretty adamant about uh trying to do cormier a favor you know on his last on his last run of his career here because of uh i mean he's always commented on how daniel cormier has done everything that they've the u f c has asked him to do including giving up his title the light heavyweight title so that John Jones could win it back somebody that he hates, which I feel like that's, that that's kind of a big company guy move that is probably owed of, you know, did done a favor and he's owed a favor. So that's probably uh, why uh, Dana White said that. What was what the hell is a, uh... What's Yuri talking about over here?
1: Yuri chiming in. Uh, how long was Dave Benito's fight camp? Well, I'm guessing for uh, UFC 5 against Abel Cancion and, and Oleg Tektarov about two days. Uh, UFC uh, 6 for Oleg Tektarov, probably another three days. And then the, his fight with Pat Smith in U, Japan. I imagine he got that on about 48 hours as well. So uh, I would say Dave Benito's entire career fight camp, uh, if you discount just drinking beers at, at at a uh canadian bar is probably about seven days mm. so uh yeah but that's that's a different different world of fighting back then uh yeah, oh, I, yeah. I, <laughs> uh you know at the bare knuckle days speaking of bare knuckle uh we're just kind of hopping around here before you like said before we get in the car and it just hopped into my mind uh apparently uh bkfc offering mike tyson 20 million yeah to uh to fight for them uh at 53 years old um I don't know what your take is on that. Uh, I'd like to meet the man that would step into a uh, ring with Mike Tyson bare knuckle, though.
0: Listen, you know, I mean, uh, I agree with you first. But the other thing is, though, like, you got to remember these guys, guys like like guys like like that. They don't. They only know how to work out the way that they trained. You know what I mean? So in a day in this day and age of social media, I mean, you're not going to catch me doing it. But, uh, unless I have a nicer place to live and shit that because I want people to see this, this freaking rat trap I live in with me throwing, you know, rolling around the floor and, and and doing my solo training and stuff like that. But, you know, it's like, if that's the way you know how to exercise, he's probably just trying to keep in shape. I mean, he's older. He probably had a doctor visit that was like, Hey man, you know, you need to do something about this. So he was like, all right, well, I only know how to do this. And, uh, he's getting back in shape. I know he mentioned himself that he was making, thinking of taking a fight. Um, so uh, I don't know. I mean, I j- freaking uh, Tyson, Tyson Fury's father was trying to say he wanted to fight him too. I'm like, come on, like, you know, what's up with the old guy fights? Like, I, I mean, you don't want to. 50s kind of up there. I mean, 40s kind of up there for fighting, especially when you when you're looking at the at, at something that you're going to charge money for. I mean, like, let's 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 back it up a little bit. And and for bare knuckle, I mean, don't forget if you if you look back to mike tyson like when he was in his prime and active and he used to get in trouble with in uh and throwing tvs and knocking dudes out in the street those reports always came with him breaking his hands too you know the thing about boxers is that because they use their their hands so much um you know it's 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 uh they they wrap them up you know the gloves and 10 the 16 20 ounce gloves or whatever they train with so it gets to the point that it's dangerous, you know, like, like, so if he goes bare knuckle, look at Paul and He came from the world of boxing and his hands broke in the first round, I think against Artem Lobov. So, I mean, uh, if, if he's going to do a, uh, it, it's going to, it's gotta be like some celebrity boxing thing or something like that. That's my opinion.
1: Well, I think, uh, first of all, I guess I heard also that Evander Holyfield is coming out of retirement at 57. So, uh, I think that that possibly works out something there if they can get sanctioned for fifty three year old versus a fifty seven year old. They do, you know, Tyson Holyfield three. Um, I, I I guess my, I get amused by the fact that there's literally a four second clip of a dude throwing three punches, um, <laughs> albeit albeit quick and and powerful, mm-hmm. uh, but it's literally a four second clip, and all of a sudden we're talking about you know ESPN in these places are talking about him fighting Tyson Fury. Um and stuff like that. So I'm just it, that's what's crazy. I mean, th- his speed and his punching power was never the problem. His his uh you know I guess somewhat cardio and and size against these giant heavyweights is is what mm-hmm. ended up uh, leading to to some of his uh losses at the end of his career. So
0: I mean, and he looked. I mean, it looked dangerous. I mean, the dude holding for him looked like he might probably had to ice his own hands after that. But I mean, that was Rafael
1: Cordero. Did you see that? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, but I'm just saying, it's like it, it's, you know, I see where the where the talk is coming from because the way he moves. But you know, I mean, anyone that that that's that's done any kind of fighting, and, and I mean, it's different when you're hitting the pads, you know, when someone's hitting back, it, it's it's doesn't look as pretty. But it's nice to see that he still has the muscle memory and the and the movement and stuff like that. I mean, God bless him. I mean, I would honestly, I would prefer him not do it. I mean, he's 53, right? 53. 53. I don't mind if he,
1: if he can get if he's healthy and he passes the medicals and he wants to do a boxing match against another older dude, I'm okay Mm. with it. I don't, I think it would be a tragedy to put him in there with somebody like Tyson Fury or somebody anywhere near their prime at this point. Um, I think that that would just be a (coughs) disaster waiting to happen. And I think we all know how that unfolds. I mean, we've seen it throughout the history of of fighting. It, It gets hyped up and then, and then you see the legend, the old guy get crumbled by a by a younger stud in in their sport. So, yeah, I, I just I don't necessarily want to see that. I did think it was interesting, you know. Uh, BKFC, out of where – God's name. We talk about World Series of Fighting, PFL, where they got their money. Uh, <laughs> I can't even. Know, <laughs> you know, uh, I imagine that 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 money uh, train goes goes quite a ways, quite a ways back there for BKFC. But um, yeah, that hey, was you know, one of the other things this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't this week. It was, it was kind of towards the end of last week. But did you see, uh, Kayla Harrison talking about she might have to walk on the PFL, uh, if they're if if they're going to take off a whole season? I mean, I thought that. I mean, they made a lot of her. I mean, she trained with Amanda Nunes. She's not going to. She's they're they're two separate you know entities when you look talk about their skill in MMA. She's she admitted that herself, but. Excuse me, you know, she's she just why drinking beer on a live podcast is not good for you. <laughs> you. Gassy, but uh, um, she was saying that, um, you know, she's trying to grow as a mixed martial artist, and if she can't, you know, she has to do that by fighting and I, you know, and competing, and I agree with her. Obviously, the pandemic is putting that on hold, but her point was obviously with this weekend and the UFC making a come back, she was like, listen, if if other people are going to come back and you're going to take off the whole year then i i need to start shopping around and uh it's hard to disagree with that i mean she said that uh because she said that the uh the ceo peter murray was kind of like well let me see what i could work out for you but it's like well then why did you call off the whole the whole year remember like i was saying like you know they usually get going the end of may beginning of june they could have done closed off event they don't make that much money off of, of gates
1: yeah uh <clears throat> I I did see some of those comments. I didn't read too much into them. I guess my initial take uh, would be probably if I'm PFL might be kind of a F you. Uh, We basically handed you a check for a million dollars. We made Uh a division for you. Um, We've made you a poster girl for the organization. Uh, You haven't really beaten anybody that anybody's ever heard of yet. Uh, And you just got a check for a million dollars, like, you know what? Four, three months ago. Uh, yeah, on New January. Year's Eve. So yeah, you know, five months ago. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would be pretty frustrated if, if, if that's what you were hearing from her, like I said, considering that situation, but uh, as far as her career goes, I get that. Um, I have no idea what her contract situation is, but I feel like that's the kind of stuff that you need to think about when you're signing these contracts. Um, people need to build a name for themselves, but um, where's she going to go fight? Is she going to make 145 pounds? I mean, she's never has yet, right? She's all of her fights have been at one fifty five.
0: Yeah, and Um, she's uh, that was one of the things that that came up to me because she's. It's like if she shops around, and I think I wrote that in my. I wrote about it at my MMA news, and I think I closed with that because she's she's she said she really doesn't really want to cut to one forty five. She liked being the the innovator and and being the you know you know for the one fifty five pound division for women. And I was kind of like, well then if you're gonna do that, because nobody else is really thinking about doing one for the PFL did it like you said, PFL did it for you. Um, you know, and um I mean to try to be unique in their own unique brand with the tournaments and the season and all that. So it makes for them it makes sense. But I mean, obviously it doesn't look like UFC and Bellator have, have tossed around the idea of making a a women's lightweight division. It seems like featherweight is, is the lightest they wanna go the heaviest they wanna go. I mean, you uh I don't know man I mean she's it's one of those things it's like if you really want to fight then you're going to have to cut them 10 pounds and uh if she really is going to shop around then I mean you know I feel like Bellator would be the first ones to be like you know what we'll come come here we'll see what you got you know they'll put her on a on an undercard have her fight on the on the YouTube prelims and and see what happens but uh you know because obviously I mean if if she if she her goal is ultimately to get to the UFC you know, outside of the PFL, I mean, she's definitely got that dojo uh, team loyalty that she's not because her and Amanda Nunes train together. So, um, you know, she's not going to try to step on her toes at 145, kind of like kind of like Cormier and Velasquez, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think she needs to be careful with what she says publicly at this time. It, she's treading kind of in like you said, it's interesting waters because uh you know, we got a Nunez uh, Spencer 145 pound women's title fight. Uh, I believe in, in early June uh, kind of tentatively scheduled right now with UFC. Uh, if, if Nunez wins that fight, uh, hell no matter who wins that fight, that division might not be around. I mean, when we, mm-hmm. we, you know, we're playing a round Robin with like three fighters right now. Um, and if nunez wins i guess in theory you could have uh, megan anderson fighter since they haven't fought mm-hmm. yet uh but we've already seen spencer anderson um we'll, we'll have basically completed the round robin and i i just i don't i it, she's talking she's gonna end up finding herself on a bellator prelim if uh if she's not careful because the ufc could easily get rid of the 145 uh bellator hmm. i think if she signed with bellator i think she would probably more likely be a main car i think they would promote the hell out of her because she already has an established name uh she's been on espn yeah um she's she's a bit of a known uh I think she should keep her mouth shut a little bit. I sh- think she should try to get PFL to ship her off to fight um, some quiet fights, maybe in Japan, um, maybe not even mm. with, with, uh, with Ryzen, but just with some offshoot organization or, uh, you know, somewhere where she can just kind of quietly have some fights um, mm. and and not be so promoted. And, you know, even if she were to lose the mass public, wouldn't really, catch on to it it would just be you know go go collect a small paycheck and and you if you, if this is about your career in advancing as a fighter then then you know you're not going to get a half million dollar paycheck um fighting anywhere right now you're not going to make anywhere near the amount of money you made in Pfl so you might want to keep it a little bit on the hush-hush right now until yeah. you you figure out what you can do but you know she's uh she's an Olympian she's I, th- I think it was more just I think she's just yeah you know and i think
0: it's just her being competitive and and being upset i mean a lot of fighters it wasn't just her i know a a few fighters like ray cooper and a few fighters were kind of just like yo you know like look at look at look at the the dime they dropped on rory mcdonald now now you got him sitting out a year um uh, what's his name law that was that was on the uh contender series that the ufc didn't sign PFL picked him up right away and now it's like okay dude you know i promised you guys you know i promised you guys my time and now you're just going to drop a whole year because of a pandemic that that might be over, you know, or or, or at least, you know, uh, I mean, the one thing before I even it, it kind of ties into it. One thing about this weekend is that, uh, you know, everyone's knocking Dana White about about being first and coming back and safety and all that. But the one thing uh, that uh, I know, like even boxing is doing because I, I was on the last round podcast. Daniel Zalivar, who's been on this podcast, he co-hosts that um, and, uh, they had me on to talk about cause combat sports as a whole is keeping a close eye on this weekend. Just, it, it, I mean, if Dana White is willing to be the Guinea pig, I'm putting closed off events, uh, with all these kinds of restrictions on, um, and I know it's expensive cause that's one thing he's commented on a lot of how expensive it is, is to, to do this with all the COVID testing and stuff like that. But if he pulls it off, then, then he's laid out a way for, fo- for, for, this level of combat sports to go forward. And I know we've had submission underground, but they're, they're not hitting each other and, you know, th- things like that. So um I don't know, man. I mean, it, it, it's, it's definitely, it would definitely make you wonder if you were, if you were signed with someone that says, I'm not going to do anything for a whole year. Um And that's how you make your living.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I I hear that side. I guess part of me also says, well, that's kind of what you signed up for with PFL. I mean, I didn't hear Ray Cooper really uh, fighting for the people that he beat in the round one of the tournament
0: Mm. that
1: haven't really fought in a year, you know, that didn't make the playoffs that are still signed to PFL that, you know, were, were under contract for another six months while he had his playoff fights and stuff like that. So, I mean, I feel like that's kind of, that's the pros and the cons when you're signing with an organization that does seasons, I guess that would, that would partially be my argument. I don't, I don't know how the contracts work. Uh, I know a bunch of them got released. Um, So we'll see if that works out for those fighters. I just, I, you know, I just, I'm always in the, in the sport of with, with the amount of organizations we've seen uh, disappear, um uh, mm-hmm. and how things shift so quickly I, i'd be careful to bite the hand that's feeding you especially some of these guys that just collected in in theory million dollar paychecks um i mean that's what we're told maybe I, you know I, I i don't know i'm assuming they got a million dollars out of it but um you know i, I it just it, it comes off a little bit uh uh, bitchy to me to to be to be publicly complaining about your employer. If this is going on behind the scenes and they're totally ignoring you, um, that's one thing. But if you're just if the first thing PFL hears uh, is Kayla Harrison talking to uh, or some writer from MMA Weekly or something like that, then uh, she she
0: she did the interview with uh Brett Okamoto at ESPN.
1: Well, there you go. So I it's mean, on it, the same
0: it, network that they're on.
1: Okay, yeah, I mean, so who knows how that works, but, but anyways, that'll, that'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I'd like to see her fight cyborg if, uh, but I don't want to see cyborg. I don't want to see us getting into the one fifty five right now. If we start getting to one fifty five, no,
0: no, like I'm I, I would think if she, I if, mean, if, if based on her from, from watching the interview and, and speaking to her the few times that I've spoken to her and, and, you know, I, I, I think she'd, she's probably, even though she said in the past, she doesn't want to do it. It's not like you can't change your mind. I feel like she'd cut the 10 pounds and at least make a go of it. If the opportunity and the money was right and all of that. Um, I mean, she seems like a smart career uh, person as far as like uh, making decisions for herself. So um, I mean, you know, she, she did bring up a good point though. One thing she did say was like, you know, it's not me. That's in breach of contract. It's them. They promised me, I forget how many fights, at least two fights a year. And and now they're saying they're not giving me anything. So, I mean, in, in that sense, she's right. So,
1: yeah, that's uh, what I mean. I don't know the behind-the-scenes stuff. If that's how her contracts worked out, um, they should be able to give her some money to to hold her over. If that's the case, if she wants to go fight elsewhere, then I mean, I don't imagine you could write up something where you, you know, you, you're not going to send her UFC where UFC's going to lock her in. You might not even send her to Bellator, but there's got to be some kind of co-promotion um, with some organization that you can do. Where if she if it's all about keeping busy and and just making some money, um, then that's I the know. Case.
0: Oh. Talk, you just mentioned and uh, 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 she had she was talking about like uh, making her her return to combat sports a boxing match when Scott Coker kind of shut that down uh earlier this week. Um, uh, it's, uh, the article's up at mmajunkie.com where he where he they they quoted him saying that he was like, No, I'd like to see her fight here first, defending that title. Um, I spoke with her number one contender, Arlene Blanco, when this whole pandemic thing started. Who uh pretty much expects to to face Cyborg when uh you know when they when that when they get going at Bellator. So um I don't know. I was kind of relieved to hear that. I, I I don't mind the MMA boxing crossovers, but I actually hate the term crossover too, because it's it's just it is a crossover because it's a MMA fighter crossing over into boxing, but you know, it's still a boxing match, so it's kinda like you know, what are we really getting excited about? Of course, the boxer is going to win the boxing match.
1: Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I, I'm, she's the champ of Bellator now, so mm-hmm. she should, uh, she has to defend the title. Uh, that's the difference. If she was a contender, had she lost her last fight? Um, uh, there'd be maybe some more options. Uh, but I don't – Chris Cyborg is another one who's complained about being inactive in the past too. When she was with the UFC, she was constantly complaining about being inactive there. So uh, you're the champ now Bellator. Why don't you become active? I'm a huge Chris Cyborg fan, but that's just the truth uh, between what she's made public or her, her publicists have made public. So we'll see what happens there. But, uh, I mean, shoot. Uh, I guess the only other thing that kind of jumped out today was the uh, kind of Dana White's reaction to the media. Uh <laughs> he kind of, you know, he's been taking hits at the media the last few weeks. Uh, media hasn't really held back kind of taking hits at him. Uh, and, uh, he kind of went after him today about, uh, basically saying that, uh, you know, you got a bunch of MMA writers and and media members that are, uh, kind of seem to be working behind the scenes to try to, uh, try to upend, uh, him getting events going. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I, we're not always here to defend Dana White, but I kind of feel, feel what he's saying a little bit. I, uh, I I think that if your job is to cover a sport, it's Mm -hmm. not your job. You know, you can say your, say what you believe and stuff. We've kind of said it on this show. We, we didn't think the last event would happen. Um, We didn't see the hurry in it, but at the same time, we've always said that if they can get it going, we're going to be the first ones to be watching it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what you would do if, if they said, Hey, Matt, get on a plane fly to florida we want you to cover this event i'd be there um it's just what if,
0: I would... if, yeah i mean then you get people that 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 are talking about journalistic integrity and stuff like that but i mean you know it's one of those things it's like okay if 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 you're full like everyone that's there covering it does this full time you know it, it so so their flights the their room it, it's getting paid for you know who's there? junkie fighting uh the schmo for some reason makes a lot of money covering it you know what I mean? I mean i mean not to knock him. I actually like the Schmo. He asks he asks good questions even though he does it in his goofy sort of way, but I mean they're all there, you know, it's their full-time thing to do it. Um but um I mean he may, like you said he makes the he makes a point because it's like if there's no sport going on, then there's nothing for them to cover and uh you know, then then you know, then they have to worry about, you know, where they're going to make their money um and today when he addressed the media he kind of like ranked like you know nba nfl and all that stuff he was like you know we're still at the bottom he's he's like if they start if the if the places even if you work for a big spot the places they start cutting folks off it's gonna start with mma first because you know i mean you and i both know the sports been fighting an uphill battle for a long time so um i mean i've never tried to be be uh, woodward and bernstein when it comes to This sport you and i have both been real adamant about you know like it's it's two half naked people fighting in the cage like let's fucking lighten it up a little bit (laughs) you know what i mean so uh, i mean i of course you want to ask the questions about safety and 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 travel and things like that especially during a pandemic yes it would be i still think they should wait but uh you know again Like, like I said about when I was on the last round, this this, everyone's watching to see what happens. You're not gonna know if you don't try. David White kind of commented on that, and and, you know, I'm not dick riding him or nothing over over what he said. I it's it's hard not to agree with. I mean, you have to try something. I think we've all been, especially here in my location, we've all been locked up long enough that it's like, uh, listen, you know, how long do you want to? How long are we supposed to sit with our hands in our pockets? So, I'm, I'm not gonna blame him for trying spending the money to try because he keeps talking about how expensive it is but the thing is if he pulls it off if nothing horrific happens if nobody gets sick and and you know god forbid the the horrible stories we hear about what's going on out there happens then then maybe he did something right um i guess i'm that's my opinion
1: yeah i mean i don't even know if it's about doing anything right i just think it's it's from the media members perspective, it's like, I mean, I, I was shocked when I saw how many media members were there. I mean, (laughs) the reality is that these guys have all interviewed all these fighters, probably 50 times up until the last couple of weeks. Um, You've covered weigh-ins before. It's not like there's a whole lot of info. You're literally either it's taking some photos or writing down what they weighed and, and reporting it to your, people yeah. i mean literally the yeah. same thing you could do if you're watching a stream online for the most part and i'm not yeah. trying to downplay what they do but they could write about the event watching it on tv almost really similar to them sitting cage side so it's like to have to just be complaining non-stop about oh this is this is crazy this is crazy and then to, to see a picture of the media and see that there's you know a couple dozen it looked like media members there it's like well you know these people were quickly to uh jump on a plane and, and go cover this event when, when mm-hmm. they're kind of uh, bad-mouthing it. So I don't know. I just hope it goes down smooth. I hope we get fights. I hope everybody's healthy. Spe- and, and, yes.
0: Yeah, uh, speaking of out. like covering the – see, but the thing is if people – people if it's going to go on, people are going to want to know. And, and I have to give a shout-out to, to – I don't know if he's Nolan's boss or whatever, but John Morgan over at MMA Junkie, he's doing a, a blog and everything and, and documenting the testing and Showing photos, putting photos on his Twitter uh, of like the the setups and the sanitation procedures and stuff like that. So if you really want to see what what they're what they've been doing uh, leading up to tomorrow night, uh, Saturday night, then then make sure you're following John Morgan from MMA Junkie because he's been he's been doing a hell of a job, man. I mean, and that guy's got you know family; he's got a kid at home and stuff too that he's got to uh, you know obviously look out look out for himself and make sure he comes home healthy. They tested him. Uh they showed the whole thing with the swab in the nose and stuff like that. So I mean he'll know if he I mean, you know, he'll he'll probably quarantine himself and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah, it, it, that's just a a side note as to leading up to what we're about to talk about with the with the UFC 249.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh we we're starting with a bang here. Uh mm-hmm. hell of a card. Uh, we've kind of hinted at it. We haven't really uh, broke it down the last couple weeks because we've been a little gun shy about uh, things unfolding. But yeah, uh, you know, from start to finish, the uh, the prelims start tomorrow at six o'clock Eastern time on regular ESPN TV, uh, and they run for four hours. So uh, instead of the normal two-hour prelim that we would generally get um crossed over with a couple hours on uh ESPN plus or Fight Pass or whatever the heck they do the early ones now. Uh now it's just <laughs> now it's just straight yeah. up four hours yeah. on ESPN. So that's a positive. Uh then at 10 o'clock Eastern it goes to the pay-per-view for the last five fights of the night uh through ESPN plus and we've been through that route. But that's if you've ordered it, you know how. Uh if you never have uh, good luck. Um <laughs>
0: You know, yeah. you know what's funny i had so many of my training partners i don't know why they they think i know i mean they, they do not all of them listen to this podcast even we've had one of them on here but um yeah simon didn't message me but like other training partners were like yo how do you order and i'm like i don't know like <laughs> i i'm not a fan of it i don't know go check find a youtube video <laughs> of how you order ufc uh pay-per-views now but Either way, I mean, before we get into it, though, man, I I think it bears repeating. I said it on the last round podcast. I know I've said it a few times on here. This whole thing should be on regular ESPN. There's jack shit on. I know they have to do their money grab, but come on, bro. Come on, son.
1: Uh, yeah, I would have done it a little differently, too. Yeah. I mean, there's other options. Even if you're going to have a pay-per-view, I would have done, like, tonight I would have had, like, a 10 fight, like, fight night, basically kind of leading into it. Um because a lot of people, I just don't think are going to know it's happening. Um, they they're not watching sports right now because there's no sports to watch. So you're not seeing the ads. You're not seeing it. So I just think that that's going to be an issue. But the numbers are going to be lied about. That's the bottom line. If there's a hundred thousand buys, we're going to be told it was four hundred thousand and and so on. Or, you know, half a million. That that's just what it's going to. Yeah, because we don't it's-
0: know anymore since the, the way that they're sold. I mean, yeah, I guess we don't, don't get- there,
1: You know, we never really did, but there was some metrics that some of the uh some of the really smart people used to figure it out now i don't think those i think you throw those metrics out the window because it's all completely private there's no more leaks from from cable yeah. companies and satellite companies but um so the prelims start at, at six eastern uh, a couple of the huge fights that jump out to me early are uh jacare souza and uriah hall uh, oh yeah you know uh it, Su- you know, the thing about these undercards is, you know, you got Jacare who's who's on a little bit of a, a skid, You're getting older, um, but uh, fun fight there. Uh, one yeah. thing of note that I looked at is, I mean, when you think of that fight, I mean, you kind of think like, okay, like if Jacare wins, it's going to be su- by submission. Uh, Uriah Hall has never been submitted in his career.
0: So no, I, I, he's, uh, he's he's crafty. He's a crafty one, Uriah Hall
1: you know, so that, that kind of made, it makes it interesting. I think you're going to, in that fight, I feel like you're going to, it's going to come down to kind of a cardio battle and uh, maybe late into the third round, you're going to find out who, whoever holds up the best is going to be able to maybe get in a position uh, on the ground, probably of uh, a top position and, and and dropping some punches is kind of how I see that unfolding. But uh,
0: I mean, I, 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 uh, I think I wrote about, that's one of the five fights, uh, to watch over, I did. I did an editorial last week when the, when the card uh, was kind of somewhat solid or or announced or whatever it was, and it's over at mmanews.com and that's one of the fights that I said that that's worth worth a watch, like be, only because, like you said, uh, I mean uriah you you think of course yes, if it goes to the ground against a guy like Jacare, he's going to get submitted, but like you said, he's he's uh, he's been able to to survive submissions. He's actually got a couple of submissions of his own and then of course you know uh, with hall's got those those tekken moves from the video game that he that he's scored knockouts with um you know there's oftentimes he has i mean he he got that win over uh musashi right that, that he was kind of the underdog on and he he did a it was like a weird low yeah. jumping spinning back kick and he caught Musasi as he was coming in for a takedown i mean who who would have saw that coming but he did it so that's one of those fights that uh, definitely it's it's a coin toss, you know, like you got to watch it. It's going to be worth watching.
1: Another fight on the prelims uh, that I uh, I think I called it with uh, Nolan King about, I don't know, four or five months ago, Fabricio Verdun and Alexi Olienic, uh Yeah. Older <laughs> statesman in the heavyweight division. Uh, Verdun making his comeback after a, uh, a suspension. Uh, you know, it's a grappler's dream fight. Um, mm-hmm. Which means we're probably likely to see Verdun win a striking fight. I think uh, Oleynik on the feet is is pretty uh, rud- rudimentary. Um, Verdun has has shown prior to a suspension. I mean, he's been gone a little while now, so uh, we'll see how he's uh, how he's declined in skills over the last couple of years, or how if age completely caught up with him. But um, yeah. if it's the last Verdun we saw, I think uh, I think he picks apart. Um, on the feet Um, i'm hoping it goes to the ground and we see some really good uh, heavyweight transitions um, and and maybe a crazy submission
0: yeah man i mean uh i kind of just kind of want to see that one happen but uh you bring up a good point um we're doing probably has an edge on the feet but you know you never know what 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 time away uh especially for for you know the older guys uh, what it could, and sometimes it's good, you know, sometimes it's rest and they're there, but they come back fresh and ready to go. I mean, that's, that's the case. Definitely. We're going to see what's up with, uh, um, he's not an old, not an older guy or whatever. He was away for, for injury. when we get into the main card with Dominic Cruz, but it's definitely one of those things that you have to take into consideration, but Hey man, it's one of those ones. You just gotta, you just gotta watch it and see it, uh, figure it out, you know, see what happens.
1: Another, uh, one other prelim, uh, Cowboy Cerrone, Anthony Pettis uh, rematch from years ago uh, when mm-hmm. Pettis won in the first round. Um, you know, you, with these two name guys like this, it's kind of weird to say, but in a sense, this is almost like a loser Leafs town match. Um, yeah. Cerrone, Cerrone, although it's against Gagey, Ferguson, and uh, McGregor is on a three fight losing streak, and Pettis is on a two fight losing streak of his own, uh to uh diga diaz and Fajeda. um so <laughs> i i don't know i mean with their name value maybe they don't get cut because they could go to bellator or they could go do some other stuff but um it really is a must win for both of these guys if either of them have any kind of dreams of uh climbing the ladder and and ultimately getting back to the top of, of a division
0: yeah man, I mean it's one of uh, I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. It's uh it's a fight. First of all, I'm surprised that uh I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I I am a little surprised cuz the initial announcement when when they showed the the whole card, this was supposed to be the first fight that let us, you know, that started off the pay-per-view, then they flipped it um Greg Hardy and Jorgen DeCaster is going to be the first fight and and we'll we'll start with them when we do the main card picks, but um I don't know, man. I feel like it's a little soon soon for Cerrone. I I know he wants to fight as much as he can, as he starts. Uh, what did he say? He started starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel for his career when he when he did that interview with ESPN last week. But um, he also made a really good point that uh, you know, he he said that prepare. It's a rematch, number one, and um, he said that uh, he said that he he prefers the short notice versus you know, the fight camp stuff, I guess, because there's something mentally that helps him just, uh, get, get to it faster. I guess, you know, there's not that much build up and, you know, cause sometimes you can't build things up in your mind to the point that when you finally get to it, you've, uh, you've kind of beaten yourself maybe, um, which is kind of what he hinted at, at with, uh, the McGregor, uh, loss. Um, uh, I don't know why most of that interview he did with ESPN focused on that so much when he has this fight in front of him, but that's, uh, that's pretty much uh, kind of kind of what he said. So I was hoping he'd sit out a little while, though. I was hoping we wouldn't see him till the summer. But you know, if he wants to fight and he thinks he can do it, then uh, you know, who's who's going to stop him?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's. We know how he likes to have a schedule. So I, I
0: think Pettis wins that just because of that, though. By the way, that's why yeah. I was leading up to saying.
1: See, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm actually kind of leaning towards Cowboy having a resurgent mm-hmm. fight. I feel like we've written him off at other times in his career, and um, true. And he's and he's come back. I think Pettis of all the the last four fights now he's had is obviously number four in order of, of the of of uh, I don't know if toughness is the word, but where where they're at right now in their careers, mm-hmm. I would say that that's probably accurate. So, um, and and Pettis didn't look good against Fajita. I mean, he got finished. Uh, I think it was in the what the second round. Yeah. Uh, with with a submission hold so uh you know i'm leaning cowboy uh but i think it's gonna be i think this will actually be a good fight i think it'll be um, yeah i think it, i mean it absolutely well could, could be one of the top two or three fights of the of the whole card uh, but um <laughs> that brings us to the main card
0: uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was laughing we're both we're both gassy we are drinking beers on the podcast
1: yeah. uh greg hardy
0: we should do wine next
1: time <laughs> <laughs> greg greg hardy uh jorgen de castro opens up the main card uh as you bring up on uh the youtube here the uh the wonderful uh e s p n website with their matchups um, UFC. The UFC.com. UFC.com
0: and, uh u f c is u f c dot com u
1: f c dot com and
0: with their accurate stats hopefully matts in the... That's gonna. I, I feel like they might be right though, because you know they no, have no, you're had optimistic. You're had optimistic. <laughs> you would think
1: that not having an event in six weeks, they would have uh, had a chance to update it. But no, they uh, they still have Hardy with one loss. He's got two, and oh, decide, right. and, and Castro's uh, six and zero, oh, and not five and zero. Oh, so no, there goes uh, that. We're zero for two on the main card here <laughs> with them. But uh, I I don't know. This is two big sluggers. I, I it's hard to really pick this fight. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Greg Hardy. I know that that's not the popular pick. I know most, I don't think I've seen anybody pick him to win this fight. Um, I think he'll catch him with something early. Uh, and, and I I think either one catches the other one with something early in this fight. Um, but I'm going to lean Greg Hardy, but it's a coin flip. I mean, you're just gonna have two big boys probably just throw throw throwing big strikes. Yeah. Uh, I don't see this fight going past the Probably the two minute mark of the first round, to be
0: honest. Oh, no, I definitely predict. I mean, there's two heavyweight fights on this main card that I don't see. We're gonna, I don't think we're gonna see the end of. Uh, I mean, the final round, third, all three rounds in. But for this one, um, I'm actually gonna go against you. Uh, officially, I submitted the picks I'm saying here, I submitted to both suredog.com and MMA news.com. Um, for, uh, for this fight, I don't know why. I think, uh, I know. Hardy might have... Uh, let, let's see if they have that correct on here. Because they do give us... Uh, does he have a reach advantage on him? Do they even give that out on here?
1: <laughs> I don't think they have it on there, but I would think
0: he would. I feel like he does have a reach advantage. Oh, here we go. Yes, he does have a reach advantage. 80 inches versus 74. Um, but, uh, you know, we saw in DeCastro's last fight that he's uh, he's able to to draw folks in moving backwards to knock out folks that charge in on him. And we, we're definitely going to get that from Greg Hardy. Um, he also kind of hinted at being worried about his whole asthma situation and all of that stuff too. So who knows if that's on his mind, but, uh, if, if it does go past the first round cardio is obviously an issue for him. Um, and, uh, I, I think, uh, I think um DeCastro might be a decent enough counterpuncher to drop him so I'm actually going to uh disagree with you cuz I have I submitted my pick as, officially as Jorgen DeCastro.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do we got up next?
0: This is this fight's definitely going to be one to uh I feel like it's going to be this might be fight of a night contender.
1: Jeremy Stevens versus Calvin Katar cater. Um, I, I think, uh, I, I think uh, Calvin wins this fight. Uh, I think he's the younger up and coming fighter. Stevens has had his, had his run uh, a little while back, mm-hmm. uh, but for the most part, he's kind of been a win one, lose one fighter, uh, at least in the UFC. So uh, I, I, I think this fight goes to a decision, but uh I'll take uh cut our Kadar with the uh with the decision win. Um probably exciting fight like you said.
0: Yeah, no, the we're definitely this is one we're both on the same page on for the same reason. Um, I just think uh I mean Stevens has well he I mean he he was the only fighter that actually missed what was like four and a half pounds off he was off today when he weighed in. Um but uh the fight's still going on. I, I think he's given up thirty percent of his purse uh was reported um by uh MMA fighting. But um uh on paper, you know, that where one is strong, the other is weak, so they kind of have like a weird yin yang type of uh thing with them. And I, I I think because not just because of the the up and coming thing that, that you said about Qatar, but I also think that uh uh just he's got more wins by decision and I have here in my notes. So he's got more wins by decision. And, and that's where Steven seems to have picked up most of his losses. So I feel like uh Qatar could like outwork him or cater, however you say it. Uh, I feel like he could outwork him and, and pull off a decision win. And I don't think it'll be boring. I think it'll be probably one of those fights that are that that's a fight of the night contender.
1: Yeah. I think it'll be high paced bout, but
0: um, yeah. I don't, yeah, I
1: don't necessarily see a finish either way.
0: Yeah. Then we got the second, uh, the other heavyweight uh, bout that I hinted at, Francis Ngannou versus Jaron Rosenstrick.
1: This is where we're probably going to have a disagreement. Um, I don't know about the winner, but I think this is going to be a slow heavyweight fight. Uh, hmm. uh, uh was basically two or three seconds away from losing a boring, slow decision to Overeem in his last fight mm-hmm. before he landed punch. We've seen the do it with Lewis um, where they put in a, a snoozer. Uh, I think you're going to have, uh, you know, it, it's hard to have a, you can't have a firefight if one fighter is, is being cautious. And I think uh, Rosenstruck kind of shows that, I mean, he's, he's got the technical striking uh, but I feel like he's going to be a little bit more, I don't think he's going to get in there and just start slugging it out with Nganu. I think that would be a huge mistake. If he does, I think Nganu's going to floor him. Um, I do think Nganu is going to win, but I think it's going to be a decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's just going to be because he's going to be the fighter coming forward, uh, trying to push the action. He might not even land more punches when it's all said and done, uh, mm-hmm. but I think he's going to look like the aggressive fighter. Uh, I hope that's not the case, but I just have a feeling – whenever we have a heavyweight fight where we think it's just going to be a damn barn burner and uh, it, it lends to not be. So, uh I hope that's not the case, but I'm going to take Ngannou by a, a kind of a lackluster decision win um which will then fuel uh Cormier Miosic uh heavy talk.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, we're we're definitely not in disagreement for this one cuz I actually have uh in Ganu, uh winning um i just feel like he's got more uh he's got a higher pedigree of 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 uh, opponents as far as like uh the guys he's he's fought in, against and either win or lo- lose you know he, he's he's uh he's just uh he's done better and he's his record uh i mean he does have two sub i think he's got two submission wins to his record uh i can't go by this because i know it's wrong but um, I know he's he's submitted guys with Kimura's in the past. I feel like he just might be the the more well-rounded guy. So yeah, I mean, I haven't picked you know to win. Uh, obviously, w- you know we want to see a knockout. I feel like I feel like we might get a knockout, but I'm not going to be surprised if uh, if it goes to a decision. I'm not going to be a surprise. And and if a submission happens, I'm leaning towards Ngano for that as well.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Co-main event of the evening, uh, Bantamweight world title fight, Henry Cejudo versus the returning, uh, in my opinion, greatest of all time, Bantamweight, Dominic Cruz, uh, Cruz has been, uh, out of action since his loss to Cody Garbrandt, um, uh, nearly four years ago or, or four years ago. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, that loss to Garbrandt was his first loss in about an eight year period. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you look at his record. He's, he's you know, he's twenty-two and two. he's lost to Garbrandt, and then he has a loss early in his career to Uriah Faber. Uh, two guys who are no jokes, and especially at the time when Garbrandt won, um, he was, you know, on top of the world. Uh, I, it, I feel like if we're just looking at a straight up fight, I would go with Cejudo. But part of me thinks that like Cejudo is a is is really a, a flyweight and. Although he has the Bantamweight belt, I feel like he's starting to flirt with um and he got it in in, in uh, there's no flukes, but he got it he didn't he didn't have a scrap to get it. He 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 landed something quick and got a finish uh in a, in mere seconds really. Um uh, so I don't think he really ever saw the effects of uh, and that uh, of uh am I no, I'm not thinking right. Uh, Dillashaw went down. Who did Oh, he beat Marias. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> He beat Marias for the, uh, for the vacant title, but, uh, you know, I, in in a fight where he was getting, he was taking it a little bit early. So, um, I'm going to go with Cruz. I think Cruz somehow pulls this off. Um, I don't know if it's good for the division with Cruz's injury situation, uh, constantly happening, but, um, I think Cruz being a legitimate bantamweight is going to give Cejudo some issues, Mm -hmm. um. I think he's – assuming we have anything near what we were used to seeing with Cruz, I think we're going to see uh, some good movement, and I think he'll frustrate Cejudo and, and uh, outstrike him to a decision win.
0: You know, it's funny that you're uh, saying that because uh, that's pretty much how T.J. Dillashaw said he he saw it winning. He, um, he uh, made a pred- – they asked him, obviously, his prediction, um, having been the former bantamweight uh, champion, uh, because he, and fighting but having fought both guys even though he fought uh Cejudo at 125 but um he pretty much said the same thing because of his awkward style that he can outstrike him he can he can pull off a decision win and uh, I'm I mean I, I Dominic Cruz is definitely the fighter I'm a fan of but something about the win Cejudo got over Marias is what's making me lean towards Cejudo because um, yeah, he was he was taking a beating. He almost lost it early on, but he weathered the storm. Then we found out afterward that he had the ankle injury, and then he tore up his shoulder in that fight as well. But he, he somehow he managed to uh, to win with you know finish Mariah's. And um, I think that's just a testament to to uh, what separates Olympic athletes from other athletes. And I, I I honestly think that's Cejudo's edge, even if he's not that. You know he's not like, and I know he he has a split decision win over Demetrius Johnson, but you know he's he's not he's definitely not the the masterful m m a fighter that Cruz and Johnson are, but um I think uh his tenacity that comes from his competitive spirit having been an Olympian is his true edge in this fight, and I actually have him picked uh, to win it, so that's what I submitted officially, so I gotta stick to it. <laughs> The good news is looking at our YouTube stream
1: here, uh, the UFC has decided to not bother putting any of the winning percentages uh, of Dominic Cruz. Uh, According to that, he's never won a fight by TKO, never won a a decision. Never won a decision. Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah, That's funny.
1: Uh, And, and, and they're only what four fights short on his, on his record. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, he's twenty two and twenty. Hey, at le-
0: at least they're testing. They got twelve hundred COVID nineteen tests.
1: Jesus, they haven't updated his record
0: and, since uh he, yeah. Yeah.
1: Since he came back and fought Mazagati after the, the first injury. <laughs> um yeah, well whatever. But uh yeah. should be I, I think I it's a cool fight. Uh it's kinda weird seeing Cruz get this fight but it, way it unfolded, uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And it Cruz is old school. So. Yeah like I, I, yeah. I always root for the old school guys uh deep down yeah main event time go. tony ferguson justin gagey uh uh just bleed dream uh for this fight uh <laughs> i don't think there's going to be any lack of blood uh no. i you know I, I initially thought oh, ferguson uh, i've changed it i think gagey catches him i think gagey puts him down uh, I do think that there could be some quick stoppages on this card uh, with the the hesitation to have somebody get beat to a pulp and then sent to a, a Florida hospital. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's not, obviously that's not going to be publicly said, but I can't imagine that's not a little bit on somebody's mind, of uh, a referee's mind. I don't know who's refereeing it. If it's Herb Dean, there's definitely a good chance we'll get an early stoppage. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm going to go with Gagey. Uh, I think Ferguson's the better fighter but Ferguson also likes to get or doesn't like to get hit but he gets hit. Mm-hmm. Uh Gagey hits you and you usually aren't around to to take too many more. Um mm-hmm. so that's the difference. Uh you know, uh, Ferguson got hit by Pettis, got hit by uh Landau. Uh I I think uh, I think Gagey clips him and I think uh, he puts him down and uh, whether he's able to put him out completely or we get kind of a, a ref stepping in, uh, I, I think I think Gagey gets it done in the first round and a half.
0: Yeah, well, Gagey's given himself the first three rounds. I mean, he's promised us, uh, you know, at least uh, the first three rounds of, of pure hell, three or four rounds of hell for Ferguson. Um, I mean, in all honesty, outside of his skill set with the leg kicks and the power he brings, and, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, when when booking fights with Justin Gaethje, I always imagine the opponent side that scene in the first Rocky when Apollo is trying to get that uh you know look for it uh when Apollo's trainer is looking for a when he's looking for an opponent for him and um you know he kind of pulls Apollo to the side when he when when Apollo picks Rocky and he says look at. I've seen this man. He took a beating for X amount of rounds and I was like, and he just kept coming. You don't want a man like this in your life, you know? And, and the, and the Gaethje's that guy Gaethje's the guy that's like, nobody expects him to win. But I mean, and, and I, I honestly think he probably, I mean, he cares cause he wants to win. He wants to be a champion in the UFC, but which is why he took the fight on the 18th and still stuck around for now. But, um, you know, it, he's just one of those guys that, that, it's 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 win or lose like uh, Ferguson won't be the Ferguson. If if Ferguson wins, he's not going to be the same afterward. Look at all the the guys that beat him. You know, they they, they 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 soon losses came to them soon after. I think Dustin Poirier is probably the best case scenario. But if you look at like Eddie Alvarez and the other guys that 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 uh, I mean, it's only Eddie Alvarez and um, Poirier that that hold wins over Gaethje because he was undefeated before he got to the UFC. I mean, uh, folks. A lot of folks don't know that he was a lightweight title holder at the World Series of Fighting too. Um, you and I both agree, Justin Gaethje, man. I, I actually think he can get a TKO off of this. Uh, probably before five rounds. I, I mean, I'll, I'll give him the three, four rounds. But I mean, I think he can get it done. Especially the longer it goes, as long as his cardio is good, which is something he said. Um, but if it go four and five, if it goes to four and five, then I'll, I'll be. I I could see Ferguson pulling something off there, but he's got to take a lot of. He's going to take a lot of damage if it gets that. You know, if the fight goes that long. But either way, man. I mean, I've never bet against Justin Gaethje. He actually won me a lot of money <laughs> one night. Uh, uh, what was it? The fight against uh, who did he beat? Uh, I forget who it was. One of his wins in the UFC. Um, but he uh. He won me a lot of money because uh, he was always an underdog. He's always an underdog, and when he wins, he, he, he pays. <laughs> so.
1: Well, I mean, the UFC, we could just do a whole podcast on this a copy of website. According to the UFC, he has 86% of his wins by knockout, which, uh, which is tremendous. The only thing is if you add up his TKOs, his submission and his decisions, he has 101% of his fights. So they don't even add up to 100%. <laughs> so maybe they took one of – they gave him an extra percent and decided to give yeah. uh, Cruz zero. But uh, we'll go back Let's, up real quick.
0: We, for, for our listeners and viewers, oh, to wow. which one?
1: Uh, d- it- it still has zero – never – Gagey still doesn't have a single takedown in his MMA, in his UFC career, Well, according to this website. Um, I don't think I, I can remember him so. ever – Doing a takedown though, so
0: well he really uh, doesn't. Yeah, I mean he's definitely. Did that just change? <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're, they're
1: listening. They're listening. They're it as, <laughs> as we go through. But uh, yeah, i no, I, I think it's going to be a barn burner. I don't think there's any way that this is a boring fight. Uh, I, I mean, I just I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. Uh, got some burgers to throw on the grill. Uh, gonna do it as uh, as traditionally as Get possible. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, man yeah look forward to it hopefully Me too. goes smooth for the next uh you know what 11 and a half hours till the pay-per-view time at this time yeah uh, look forward to talking to you next week about the results
0: yeah man it's definitely going to be a good one i mean uh whatever whatever your opinion is uh i mean i think my mom is actually it's mother's day week and happy mother's day to all the mothers out there i think my mom is actually looking forward to these fights because nothing else is on and she doesn't even like fights, so uh, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we'll definitely be have a lot to talk about. I mean, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm glad we got some some fights uh, going this weekend.
1: Follow the podcast uh, on Twitter at Combat Hour on Instagram at Coast to Coast Combat Hour. You can follow me at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbazol on Twitter and Carb Beerzol on Instagram. Ed, until next week, man, hang in there the rest of the weekend. Enjoy the fights.
0: You too, sir. Hey, guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on youtube and anywhere you listen to podcasts also if you'd like to help us out and donate uh, the support links are in any of the uh podcast descriptions and in some of the links are also provided on our youtube channel the Blogboard jungle um thanks again for listening and if you give us some support we'll give you a shout out on the podcast maybe uh bring you on for a ufc pay-per-view breakdown or two thanks again